Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This episode, it's back-to-back defeats for Chelsea as Chiesa downs the Blues in Turin. There's another Rudiger contract update and can we bounce back against uh, Southampton? Now here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. Well, it's finally the weekend listeners and you're listening to this on a Friday evening. So perhaps, I'm not sure when you give us a listen, but let us know on Twitter. We'd, we'd be quite curious to know when you listen. Uh, Berth and Chris, how are my co-hosts today? Yeah, I'm really good. It's been a long, long week, but as always, I'm looking forward to doing the podcast. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm also really tired. Uh, best friend's wedding was yesterday, so I'm recovering today. Whoa, 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 wait. We're, We're not your best friends. We're not your best friends. Unfortunately, you're not my best friends, no. Wow. You're my, you're my good friends. He didn't appear recently on. on the show, and then he drops that. Wow. Yeah, oh. we're, we're, we're just in the good friends category. Good well, friends. Just good friends. Just, just, remember, just remember who got you this job, Chris, yeah? Just remember who brought you into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was me, yeah. Oh, it was. Remember where you started? Yeah, all from me. Oh, I made you, what you are. <laughs> I remember that. Last time any of us actually got to chill as well, it was uh, Man United smashed us, so that was fun. Yeah, that was a long yeah, time ago. VAR uh, really screwed us over in that pub. I mean, in all in all fairness, I do see Chris every weekend. Unfortunately, after that comment, but yeah, I, yeah, I do I see, see him every, every Sunday. But yeah, oh, maybe not, maybe not this weekend. Well, yeah. well, true. we definitely need to sort. Uh, we will be sorting a meet up soon. We've got a with a uh, good old Chelsea games. We won't be during the international break because that's coming up. Um, yeah, we're all very tired though. Working hard. That's what we've been doing. Uh, before we hit that newsroom, though, it's time for another round of Who is That Former Blue? Uh, that's becoming a new thing now. Uh, this week, I've made it a little harder. So their career path is as follows. Um, I've removed his first three clubs to make it harder and because I can't pronounce the names. So there we go. Very lazy of me. Uh, I don't believe either of you will know of the clubs that he started at. So yeah, it doesn't matter in that context. Uh, so he's, we start with Real Madrid, Middlesbrough on loan, Chelsea, Newcastle, and I hope this is right, Ankara Gushu or Guku, and then finally retires at AEL. You know so, what? I um, I reckon I've got it straight away. <laughs> oh, I, I reckon no. I know it is. I reckon I know it is. Oh, Chris, have you got any ideas yet? No, I I haven't. My well, brain's I'll, not working. To be I'll, fair, I'll, so I'll be surprised if I get it by the end. Uh, I bet you it's the borough bit on loan. You're like, oh, oh. Uh, I'm sure it, if it's what I think, I'm sure it's what I think it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Well, we'll see. We'll see at the end. Listeners, you can tweet us. Uh, we, we, we like to hear. We like to hear if you get it. We do. Um, with that, though, we're going to head straight to the newsroom, see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. It's that time again. It's time for a weekly roundup. We're going to head straight to that elevator of news. If a Roman Abramovich really gets the desire for a player into his head, Chelsea will be close to unbeatable in a transfer race. Chelsea are willing to pay £102 million to sign Juventus defender Matthias De Ligt in 2022. 
Timo Werner wanted to join Manchester United over Chelsea before seeing a switch to Stamford Bridge last summer. Chelsea faced competition from Juventus to sign Aurelian Chiuameni as the Blues are working on a deal which will cost around the €40 million Euro mark. It is not true, in quotes, that Bayern Munich offered Chelsea defender Rudiger a contract of four hundred grand a week. We're also interested in Bayer Leverkusen's 18-year-old attacking midfielder Florian Wirtz. We're also interested in Nicolas Sewell and Paul Torres. Timo Werner will apparently reassess his Chelsea future if he cannot force his way back into Thomas Tuchel's team. Conor Gallagher is the Crystal Palace Player of the Month for the second month in a row. And finally, Antonio Rudiger's first choice is to remain at Chelsea. His salary demand is apparently around the 200k mark. That was according to The Athletic. So, guys, it's 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 a Timo. It's more Rudiger. I think that's going to just drag on until he, he something happens. Um, what's piquing your interest? I mean, the, the Timo situation is an interesting one because I feel recently there's been more and more rumblings that you know I you, you wanted to go here in the summer and or maybe he's going to move elsewhere if he doesn't get back in the team. So maybe there is. There's some truth to that rumour that maybe he does he isn't quite happy at Chelsea, maybe he does want to move. Um so that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um I think the kind of Gallagher one is also really good. I've I've been watching him at Palace and he's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I really do think he's got a future at Chelsea after watching him. I thought at West Brom last year he was he was good. He definitely played really well in games. Obviously he didn't look great because West Brom unfortunately weren't great in the Premier League. But I think in this Palace team showing how good he really really is and i do think there's a future for him at chelsea uh and the other one that sort of got my attention is the delete one i mean i haven't seen much of delete since he's gone to juventus but obviously we watched the game the other day and i thought he was absolutely sensational he was like a brick wall at the back he read the game really well was calm under pressure i thought he was superb and he is people forget how big he actually is he's a big big unit and he's still very very young so 102 million for him does seem a bit steep but I mean we'll have longevity with him he's a fantastic player and he will only get better so yeah that's my uh that's my he is he's anyway. six foot he is six foot two and shares my birthday so naturally I just want one player to join our club that has my he's, birthday he's quite he's quite one. he's quite broad I mean I, I always thought of him before I sort of started watching my eyes I always thought of him as quite um tall and quite skinny quite lanky basically like what I am um to be honest <laughs> but he's actually quite broad he's really he's got like he's almost this big powerhouse at the back. So, you know, I, I think he, it'll be a really, really good move if we go for him. It, I know obviously he was linked with Koundé, but I think Delete mm. would be a fantastic sign for us. And I think Chris mentioned that last week. Yeah, I mean, I've already said I can see us spending 170 million next summer on Koundé and Delict, And you could go, that's insane for two players. But if it improves our team where we, we sure up at the back, I'm not, I'm not going to make It's not my money. So what mm. do I care? Um, Chris, what are your thoughts from this week's news? Is it anything like Delict or something else? Uh, the Delict situation, 102 million. I'm, I'm assuming that's euros, not pounds. Yeah, it's a release clause, apparently. So, you know, we're, we're talking less than the 100 million pound mark, which, I mean, let's face it, if you want top class players now, you have to pay upwards of 80 million for anybody. So I don't think the money's really an issue. I do think he'd be a really good signing for all the reasons Berth just said. And he's got leadership, which I think we mentioned before when we brought him up, that that's going to be the hardest thing to replace with the players that could be leaving. If anyone's um, screaming at the podcast, yes, it is actually £102 million. Pounds. I'll just double-check the article. So, yeah. Well, it's pounds. Wow. Yeah, it is in pounds. British sterling. We'd get that We'd get that down there, I reckon. <laughs> we didn't do very um, well with the last release clause we tried to uh, <laughs> negotiate. That's true. 
Um, the Werner situation, I'll go into more detail, I think, in the game review because mm. I've got a point on Werner. Um, Conor Gallagher, though, has been incredible for Crystal Palace. Um, I agree with what you said, Berth, that he, he did look good at West Brom last year, but it did seem hindered by their team and set up. Mm. I think Patrick Vieira is letting him play with a bit more freedom and he's got a real knack for arriving in the box at the right time. Uh, that's why he's getting goals from there or at least getting chances in that Crystal Palace team. And I think if he carries on like that, he'll definitely be someone who's given a chance in pre-season next year because he's been really, really impressive so far. Oh, 100%. I mean, I we put up on our podcast Twitter the clip of him getting two-footed and then he gets back up and keeps running. And I absolutely love that attitude from him. Absolutely loved it. You don't often see that as well with players. Often you see him go down and they just sort of stay and, you know, hope that the ref blows for a foul. But that's not Connor. He just keeps going. And it does show a really, really positive attitude. And he could, he could be another one who, who makes it at, at Chelsea, which we all hope. Because, you know, we want our academy players to do, do well. The Timo thing, yeah, I'm sure we will talk about it against Juventus, but sorry, as I burp, drinking coffee. Uh, we've got to keep him. We, we, he might not be why we signed him. We signed him as a goal scorer, and he hasn't been doing that, obviously, to a level that we expected in a prolific category. But the work rate, we, sh- we will touch on work rates as well. That's why we suffered when we didn't have Mason Mount inside. But I think that's a good segue. Uh, Champions League match day two. We took a flight to Turin. We played Juventus. The first half, we dominated. But maybe that's a bit OTT to say it, but we didn't do anything about it. In the second half, we decided not to come out for the first minute. Everyone knows that, you know. We just thought, well, we'll, we'll have a nap. Come out. Oh, Chiesa scored. You know, he built on his growing legacy to win it 1-0. It does mean back-to-back defeats for the Blues. Uh, two performances where you see more question marks than on the Riddler's costume, I feel. But, guys, it's time to turn detective like Batman. Solve this one. What on earth is going wrong? Um, what I will say is that I think it's very, very over the top that people are saying that they're flipping turmoil all of a sudden and that is a lot of problem. I mean, look, let's be honest, we've just lost to Juventus and Man City, two world-class teams. I know they might not be at the peak of their powers and peak of the form, but they're two very, very good teams still. Um, having said that, look, uh, I think the Man City performance was worse than the Juventus performance. Um, we didn't create a lot again. And I think that is partly down to us playing far, far too narrow. I think the two number 10s that we had, Havertz and Ziyech especially, far too many times he just came inside and got crowded out. Um, our wing-backs weren't, weren't wide enough. I thought Aspicuet was very very ineffective. Alonso was very sloppy at times. Um, I thought the first 20 minutes we pressed really well. There was real intensity to our game. But then once they strung a few passes together, we started to panic almost and, and lost a lot of composure and concentration. Um, I do think we actually defended really well for the most part, other than the first 10 seconds of the second half where they scored. Um, so it's a difficult one because I would have took a draw, um, but it was just that one lapse of concentration and it looks like a really, really bad performance, which yeah. it wasn't great. But if we get a nil-nil out of that, people are going, you know what, I'll take a nil-nil against Juventus away from home. Mm. So it's frustrating. Um, I think we need to be a bit more expressive in how we play. We, we miss Mason Mount so much. I mean, not only with his... The energy, energy it's the energy, isn't I, it? I actually think the pockets of space and the movement of him is actually 
a lot better than ZX and Havertz, and I think that's what makes him so good. He's such a clever footballer, and he he, he makes space for other people with his movement. And I think that gets overlooked from him at times. And I think we missed Rhys James as well. I think that was a big miss for us. But look, it, it's disappointing to lose, but I definitely don't think we should be worried that we're on a downturn now. I mean, someone I saw the Sun post that oh, this is looking like I saw this is looking like a Lampard team, and it's like, come on. Let's not go overboard here. Let's not go go over the top. It was bad. Well, as bad as Man City, but look, there's still some slight positives to take. So let's just move forward and, and beat Southampton. Again, American listeners and obviously non-British listeners, the sun. It's just it's just not. We we try not to uh, read that. We try. Yeah, just just don't yeah, read it. Try. Don't, don't, don't look at it. the don't sun in both the star that is in our fine galaxy and solar system and the paper. But I'll be the I'll be the counter flip on this coin. Um, I, I've seen Juventus this season, and obviously they have beat Spezia and Sampdoria in the league recently. They've not been great. We gave them a first clean sheet of the season. They haven't. They weren't great last year. They finished fourth. They were lucky to get there. You could say the Perlo experience and all the other sort of thing. They still had Ronaldo in their side, and they don't this season. And Morata was out. Dybala was out. Key players in how they play. Um, uh, it, it's one of them i'll bring up my first point and then bring chris in i mean overall whilst against man city i felt that it was tuckle who was responsible for getting it wrong tactically i feel against juventus it was the players who were ultimately responsible and at fault you know from the poor passing in midfield and from wide as well alongside with what i'd label as just poor movement in that obviously final third of the pitch it was just so flat and it was uninspiring it's not a performance from this chelsea side we were expecting uh chris what were your your thoughts on this this game and the performance as well um, well, I'd start by saying I do think you have to guard against overreacting. Of course. To two defeats. However, I don't think we've played well since the second half of Liverpool at Anfield. Um, we've had okay, we've had good results, um, like beating Villa three 0 at home, but we didn't play well that day. Didn't play well at all that day. Um, three 0 really flattered us. We was awful at home against Zenit. Um, who aren't a good team. Uh, we struggled to create in that. Wasn't overly impressive against Villa in the in the cup game either. Was awful against Man City. And and this performance was a performance of nothing. Uh, it's almost like we didn't even turn up for the game. Um, we could have quite easily have got the draw if it wasn't for that lapse in concentration. But then we had a warning earlier in the in the first half when we gave a sloppy pass away and Chiesa went through and he should have squared it and he took the shot instead. We seem so open defensively. Since since we went to Anfield, we've been so open defensively, especially to counter-attacks. It's been really concerning. The, the whole idea of playing this system is to be solid at the back and we look anything but solid. Sometimes we've, we've got away with it because individually we've defended well. But in, if you look at the defensive shape, it, it doesn't look right. I don't think Christensen's as, as happy on the right-hand side of the of the centre-back as he is in the middle. I think that's going to be an issue. Rudiger's still playing well. Um, but Thiago Silva, when he's playing in the middle with the way we're playing at the minute, he's starting to get exposed for his lack of pace to the counter-attack, especially against Juventus. I thought that was a real issue. Uh, the, the space either side of him, he was struggling to, to cope with that. Going forward, though... Um, We've stopped using Lukaku in his best way. Um, 
it's almost like now we just force the ball into him regardless of where he is and, and hope that he's going to do something. We're not getting enough balls into the box for him. We're not working good enough areas around the box. And the one thing which I will say about the Werner situation is people can like him or not, rate him or not, but he is our best player for that position. Of all our supporting cast for, for Lukaku, Werner is the best one. He may not get the goals that people wanted, but he creates chances. He gets assists. <clears throat> At the moment, all of our other supporting players that we could put out are some of the worst in the Premier League in terms of their output. The numbers from our attacking players are borderline embarrassing, I would say. If you look at the amount of goals they got last season, it was terrible for a team that won the Champions League. That that players who really were lucky to be in that team when you look at their numbers. You look at Rafinha at Leeds, uh, St. Maximum at Newcastle, uh, Ismail Assar at Watford. They are having impacts on their teams and on their games. Every time you watch those teams, those players are making stuff happen. They're getting goals. They're getting assists. Our, play, our other players don't do that. Can I uh, just interrupt you there, Chris? Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. I yeah, totally get what you're saying. Um, I actually think we miss Christian Pulisic a fair bit. And I've said that. The only reason why I've said that is because I think when you play Havertz, Mount, Ziyech, you play all of them on the same time, it's just too much of the same thing. And I mentioned it the other day. They all try and do the same thing. They always come to the, uh, come to the ball. They don't make those runs in behind. They're not the type of players to make those run, late runs into the box. Havertz does it more than the other two, but he still doesn't do it enough. Ziyech comes infield far too much. He doesn't go out wide. Havertz and Mount do the exact same. And yes, it will work against certain teams, but you still need that width. And especially when you've got Asper de Quetta, who's not going to be that attacking wing back. And when you've got Alonso, yes, he's going to be out there, but he's going to be in the box more than anything. He's not going to be out wide. You need that width from somewhere. When you're not playing Werner, you, you have a Mount and Ziyech need to be out wide more. And that's where Pulisic comes in handy because he will be out wide. He will be on that touchline and he will make those light runs into the box. You see it so many times with Pulisic that he'll put a ball in and he'll be at the back post attacking it. How many times have you seen Mount, Havertz or Ziyech do that? Mm. Hardly they're, ever. They're good, he's strong left. points as well. I can't, I can't well, disagree. The thing is, I think... I don't think this system at the minute suits a lot of those players. I, I don't think Havertz looks comfortable in in the position he's, he's being asked to play. Ziyech doesn't just simply doesn't like it. You can see that he he's not comfortable being inside the pitch. Um, but for me, a lot of these players, I think, are on last chance this season. Otherwise, I'd be looking next year, next summer, to be bringing in wide players who can actually produce something. And if you know. Havertz will still be here because he's young and he's developing. Mount's not going anywhere because he can also shift position and play other positions like centrally. But Pulisic, if he can't stay fit, then he's he, he's absolutely pointless anyway. Because if you can't, if we can't get him on the pitch, I agree with what you said, Berth. I think he does offer us something different. But he's, yeah. he's never, you know, no, see, I think if he if he doesn't up his form, he'd be gone. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, if we, it's great having that talent, but if you can't get on the pitch and put the minutes yeah. on, not obviously, we, you know, injuries are part of the game. But when you are consistently out with injury, you start to you, your investment is obviously it's going to be brought into question. And as fans, we want him to do well. We still do. But 
you've got to think, is it time to just get some money in and then just look elsewhere? It's a shame if it happens, but it could realistically be something that we have to be talking about. But I do think now that Tuckle's going to have a decision to make, depending on how the Southampton game goes tomorrow. If we if we don't win that game especially, but even if we do win it 1-0, not overly convincing, I would then be looking at a change of shape. I know a back four, we are susceptible because it doesn't suit Alonso. It doesn't overly suit Rudiger. But I do think if you've got Azpilicueta in at right back, Thiago Silva in at centre-back, he's played in the back four most of his career. Mm. I do think we're in a better position now than we was 12 months ago. We've got a stacked midfield, which you can get in, and then you can play a usual front three. I think if... If, if the Southampton game doesn't go really well, you've got to look at changing something because a poor result against Southampton and then the international break isn't good. And then if he comes back and it's the same team going out there again, we are then getting into the Lampard situation where results are going against you and you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the, how I sort of see it at the moment is we're unbeatable when we're on the front foot and we have the lead. But I hate it... <laughs> You know, you see United go 1-0 down. This is not a United podcast, but let's look at the Devils. They go down 1-0. You expect them to come back and win. You do. You literally, naturally do. And when you when we go down 1-0, it might as well just blow the full-time whistle. Game's done. Uh, it's just the, thing, the thing is, though, the thing is with Man United, they actually they really, they don't play that. They don't play well. I can't tell you a time where I watch Man U play, maybe even against Leeds, and gone, wow, they played really well. That's also but, true. Like I mean, I'm, like we win games when we don't play well. We win two, three nil, and fair enough. When we do go one nil down, we don't normally get it back. But mm. Man U, we I think we're ahead of Man U. I do think that. I know they've got Ronaldo, but I do think we're ahead of Man U. You know what the difference is though for me? If you watch Man United don't play well in a game, uh, I think overall in terms of style of football and the football we play, we play better stuff. But look how many people they've got who get goals. They've got Ronaldo who gets goals, Fernandez who gets goals, Pogba gets goals, Greenwood gets goals. Yeah. You know, if Sancho ever, you know, gets off that plane from Germany and turns up, he can get goals. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, actually, that's true. No, it's true. Yeah. Look, our, our wide players, our wide players and number tens need to input more goals. Yeah, and they, they do. They do. It. When you look at our team, aside from Lukaku, who do you honestly believe is going to score a goal there? Because none of them. None of them look like scoring a goal. Havertz had two great chances against Juventus and he put both of them over the bar. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the system we play, it relies heavily on the wing-backs to create. Now, you know, relying on Alonso and Azpilicueta to do that job kind of feels a bit silly because Azpilicueta is more that central defender now. You know, it doesn't really matter when our passing is obviously so slow. I mean, we look at the tactics as well of Tuchel and questions are going to be asked as to why Ziyech is starting based on his form. It, it's that's just not worked. It's not, you know, he seems to always have a good run of form, gets injured, comes back, he's not the same. I know a few people are saying why Barkley did come on, but he made probably the best pass of the game, which is <laughs> ironic. I actually um, thought all the subs I thought Hudson Adoyle off his cheek, Barkley. I actually thought they all came on and did all right. I, I yeah. think they played quite well. I, I mean, what doesn't help is you've got Antonio Conte, I don't know whether he's pushing for the job again, but he says that we're using Lukaku wrong. And that's a conundrum, you know. Why is he being used like Olivier Giroud? He just cannot get involved in games because. No one's willing to make them runs and create space for him other than it was Havertz, to be fair. 
and he just sort of sits in that box to wait for the crosses. And that's not, I mean, we, that's the perfect game for Werner almost as well. And talking of Werner and Mount, Mount and Werner have the highest chances created for us since the start of the last season, you know. And we look at Werner at Leipzig. That was, that, wow, what a player. You know, he played off, obviously, the Yusuf Paulsen figurehead at the spear of their attack. I kind of don't understand how we expect to create the chances when, say, Mount and James are both injured and then we refuse to start Werner. It, that doesn't help. It doesn't help. Again, it's so, just too similar. It's too, like I was saying, it's just too similar. Like, you can't have Zierk and Havertz on the pitch because mm-hmm. they'll both want to come to the ball. They'll both want to come inside. And when that happens, it just becomes too crowded. There's no width because Azpilicuera isn't high up the pitch. So it's like the options become very, very minimal. You've got Jorginho and Kovacic who are two number sixes, so they're not going to move or make runs. So it's you, you soon run out of options when, when that happens. And then you've got no chance of playing to Lukaku's strengths when you're just getting crowded out. And then that's why we look so slow in our build-up play because there's no real options. And when there is a pass on, we get crowded out, lose the ball. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we, we look ahead to the weekend and Saints, we, we'll preview it, we always do. Uh, the Juventus and the City results kind of turn this game against the Saints side that we're all still quite unsure if they're good or poor. We're not too sure, you know, they've had some good results against the Manchester clubs. and But it's turned this game into an unnecessary must-win game after the back-to-back defeats. I'm not knee-jerking, I'm just saying it as a fact, you know, Chris brought it up earlier. You don't want to be heading into an international break with three poor results. Uh, how are you kind of feeling heading into this one? I'm kind of a little bit nervous and I, I don't want the team to feel that way either. But if I'd, that I'd, creeps in. I, don't, I, I think we'll be... Uh, look, it's going to be a few nerves first 10, 15 minutes, but I think we're more than good enough. And I think Tuckle is more than good enough to realise what's gone wrong the past couple mm. of games. I don't think it's going to be one where Southampton are going to dominate possession. But I do think Southampton will press very high up the pitch. Um, so we need to be moving the ball a lot quicker than we have. Um, I think Mount has to play if he's fit, if he's training. I think he has to play. Um, yeah. I would, I would, I would start Werner as well, just so that width. Um, would I start Alonso again? I wouldn't personally start Alonso. I would give Chilwell a start because I just think Alonso's looking a bit tired at the moment. And he looks a bit leggy. Mm. Um, so just to freshen it off, I, I probably would start Chilwell. I think we're going to win. I, I, I hope think, so. I, I do mean... think we'll win because Southampton do play quite a high line. I do think. We can get in behind them. I do think Lukaku will get on the score sheet. So no, no, Danny Ings finally. So that's beneficial for us. No, uh, but that, they've still got some good. Like Adam Armstrong plays plays very much like Danny Ings. When I watch him play, he does look a lot like Danny Ings, and he plays like him. Um, so they're going to have a lot, cause us a lot of problems. Um, but I think we will have more than enough. I think it'll be like two, three nil maybe. I mean, this is the perfect time to bring in Chris. I mean, a fellow Chris, Chris Bailey. He asked us how crucial the performance against Southampton and the result is going to be, you know, and he also added that are the fans and media losing their minds after two defeats too. He did put elite City, which I'd agree, and a decent Juve side. I'm not, I, I love Chris Bailey. He's a, he's a top, top uh, listener. I still don't think Juventus are that decent. I mean, not after what I've seen of them. I'm happy to be wrong, though. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Well, it, 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 I think the performance is, cru- is as crucial as the result. I think, obviously, he has to get the result. Yes. But like, if we scrape the game 1-0 with a, a late header off a set piece and we've created nothing in the game, I don't think anyone's going to be going away happy. I've been yeah. saying for a few weeks that our performances have been worrying. The results have still been coming, but the performances have been worrying. It's it's fine. It's it's a good thing to win games when you're not playing well. 
but you can't consistently play bad and expect to win. And I think that's the issue. We've we've almost got slipped into a, a form now where our performance level just isn't there. Um, I th- I don't know how I feel about the game until I see the team sheet. I think if if it's a similar team to what started on on Wednesday again, I'll I'll be thinking the worst because you can't just keep doing the same thing and expecting it to change. Um, I think we've almost become obsessed with possession. Like you asked, why is Zayek starting over Werner? I just because he's better in possession, and I think that's what it is. Werner loses the ball a lot. Let's be honest, but it's normally because he's trying to make something happen. Um, whereas players like Ziyech and Havertz, they'll keep the ball neat and tidy, but they're never really going to hurt anyone. It reminds me a bit of when we when Maurizio Sarri first took over and the first few games under him, we played some really good stuff and were scoring goals and everyone thought, oh, this is going to be good. And then all of a sudden, he's just become obsessed with keeping possession and nothing else. And that's what we look like now. Um, we looked like it against Man City when they were playing their press and we were still determined to just keep the ball. And against Juventus, every time we had a chance for a counter-attack, we slowed it down to just keep the ball. And then we seemed confused then that we couldn't break them down. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think just against gone. Southampton, it's got to be... Because I watched Southampton against away at Man City when they got the 0-0. <laughs> and Berth's absolutely right. They're not going to sit off. They'll step on and press. And if we're not on it, they will create chances because they really should have beat Man City in that game. Yeah. And, yeah. and I would say Man City are better at playing out from the back than we are. And they struggled. So if they if Southampton come with that level of performance, it will be really tough. And I would love I would like to see us mix our game up and use Werner and Lukaku to be fair, because he's not slow in channels either, which I think is the point Conte made. That he doesn't have to play with his back to goal. He can run channels and do different things. I'd like to see us mix our game up and go a bit longer and ask more questions of the opposition. But I, mean, I, I, I am concerned about the fact that I, I just can't remember the last time I seen us play well. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll bring up before we do a quick prediction. Kante's out due to COVID. Wish him a speedy recovery. Rhys James and Christian Pulisic are both out through injury. Mason Mount is expected to return. Uh, a good milestone for Mateo Kovacic. If he starts, it's his 150th game for the club, which is a, a good milestone. He's been quite... He's dribbling up. His footwork is amazing. Uh, with Southampton, they're currently 16th. They've got four points from six. No wins, four draws. Only Wolves and Norwich have scored less goals than them, which is always going to be a, a red flag because you think, here we go. They're going to they're gonna find their shooting boots this week. Um, obviously, the impressive draws against City and United. Personally, my little summary of this is you cannot claim to be title challengers and then put in, if this was to go wrong, three poor performances on the trot. You know, I am quietly confident. I, I think 2-0 to Blues. What are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, I, I think 2-0. Um, look, I think, I do think people on Twitter are, are, are overreacting. Um, and we haven't played great recently, but let's not forget, we were very, very good against Spurs in that second half. Um, so I do think Tuck will, will change it up. We will be better. I think we have to be better. Um I'm predicting, you know, I'm going to go Lukaku to get one and I'm going to go with Mount to get the other. So I'm going to go 2-0. Chris? Uh, oh, dear. Well, I, think Le- I think Lukaku's got to get got to get a goal because he's going on a, a, a run of not scoring now as well, which doesn't help. Um, I'm going to say a cautious 2-0. 
I'm happy with that. I mean, before we sign off, we're going to find out who that former blue is. I said at the start, he's played for Real Madrid, Middlesbrough on loan, Chelsea, Newcastle and Karagushu and finally AEL. I don't think Chris has worked it out. Have you? I have not. Berth, who, who, is, who is the man? Is it? I'm going to look so stupid now if it's not. Is it Jeremy? It is indeed. Oh, it yes. is indeed. Jeremy, yes, yeah. it is. Jeremy. Oh, he scored a you, mean free kick for us as well. You know what actually did that for me? I was watching something on Sky the other day. It might have been like football years or something or something about oh, Real Madrid yeah. in, in 2000 when everyone won the Champions League. And I saw Jeremy in the Real Madrid kit. And then ah. you said Real Madrid, then Middlesbrough on <laughs> loan, and then Chelsea. I was like, ah, I remember Jeremy played for Real Madrid. And that's where I got it. It's I knew quite, he went to Newcastle as well, yeah. It's quite funny because um, there's a Twitter account that tags us when they do a little piece that's related to Chelsea. And it's um, this week. It, they're called a sticker's worth 500 words. A really, really, really good account um, at sticker500. Little plug for them. Um, and they did Jeremy this week. And I didn't realise till today when they tagged us. So I was kind of like, that's that's quite cool. I mean, that's a little yeah. segue together. Um, with that, we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you do not already follow us. You can find us by searching for At At The Bridge Pod. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. It really helps out. And till Monday, that is, um, that's us signing off.